0: And welcome to Critical Conversations, where there's two guys talking about politics and discussing things in a measured and reasonable way. I'm Jared Bessey, and this is my co-host, Sam Castles.
1: Hello, hello. Episode three.
0: Episode three, here we are. Rolling Thank you around. guys for uh, sticking with us so far and listening. It's been, it's been fun. So It's been great.
1: I'm super excited for uh, today's episode.
0: Yeah, It'll it's going to be... Really gonna really interesting. I've done a lot of reading and um, I think it's going to be really fun. Do you want to give a tease of what the topic's going to be today before I do some news? Yeah.
1: Yeah. So we talked about a little last week. We're talking about Kamala Harris today, uh, trying to figure out where she is on the whole political spectrum. We've heard a lot of different takes and we'll get a little bit more into why we chose this topic later. But yeah, if you want to help us jump in with us and figure out where she actually stands and how much is hype and how much is real that uh we're gonna try to figure out as much as we can in, in 40 minutes anyway
0: <laughs> yes i think it's gonna be i think it's gonna be exciting um yeah, so okay jared's so,
1: taking us away with some news for today. yeah
0: so kind of some of the big uh talking points these last couple weeks um after this comes out it'll be a little later but has been both of the democratic convention and the republican convention And I haven't been able, I haven't watched a ton of it, but I've been reading about uh, some of the different things that have gone on. I've watched a little bit of some of the Democratic speeches. Uh, Right now, the Republican convention's ongoing, so I haven't watched a lot of that yet. Uh, But Trump officially accepted the nomination today. Uh, But I was perusing through the news and I saw what I thought was a really interesting article on Politico that was basically talking about how the that Trump isn't running on a platform anymore. Um, And it was comparing his 2016 um, where he had a clear outline of like, okay, here's what he was trying to do. He was gonna fight China. He was gonna build a wall. He was gonna do all these different things. Um, And then, but now in 2020, it's just kind of like, we have to stop the Democrats from winning. And I think it was interesting that I thought like also watching some of the democratic convention it was kind of saying the exact same things by opposite side right? right it's this we're gonna have to elect um Biden just so that Trump isn't elected and they have some I mean both sides have some platform it's not like they're just have zero platform they talk about a lot of things um, but I think it is interesting that we're not having those same talking points that I feel like we did in 2016. Uh, right. Anyway, I just thought that was really interesting, and I think it speaks to the rise of uh, negative partisanship. In that, we just have this yeah. idea of we just have to beat the other side. Doesn't matter what our side stands for anymore,
1: right? Um, yeah, yeah. I so. think something something we had talked about a little bit was uh, something the right wing has always been accused of doing. The you know GOP is they're more of a reactionary party. They're right. You know, like as a, you know, alleged conservative branch, they're more what they do is say no <laughs> or like. Right, which don't. I mean is
0: the principles of conservatism. It's like st- maintaining the status quo and like staying back to typical principles. So I get that there's never going to be as much of a, a platform there, but there's still a ton of things to right. do. The things that often are, the, are what the article is putting up, often the Republican stances. Small government, cutting budgets, right. cutting tax—like all of these kind of things have kind of fallen by the wayside and aren't really talking points in this election. Um, right. Anyway, so I thought that was that was really interesting, and we'll have to see as the convention goes on. Like maybe that'll yeah, ha- come yeah, maybe out it'll more. change.
1: There's a little bit more to be seen. This is being filmed on uh, eight twenty-four. So
0: right. This is- and I think as debates happen, like the people are. You know the moderators are going to ask specific questions about right. different policy stances so that will kind of become more clear yeah. Um, but yeah that was just yeah. the main news for the last couple of weeks so
1: yep it's been all convention talk so yep
0: so speaking of the convention the big stuff at the the dnc was obviously kamala and biden this right biden ticket um and headlining yeah, that's kind of the the new the new big stuff, and so I think we want to just take some time and like look into her past because you know as soon as she was announced, it was all, like headlines were flying everywhere, right? Crazy. Um, yeah, from conservatives saying she's the most liberal person ever to be on a major party ticket, which may or may not be true, you know. Then everyone on the far left saying, well, she's you know not uh, anywhere close to what we would want
1: in a vice president with Biden on the ticket. Um, Right, and then you had, you know, more like moderate, like maybe CNN and New York Times praising her as like the perfect moderate. So it's like, it's really fascinating. Like, okay, well, we're having a lot of different takes here. Um, It's obviously to the advantage of the right to try to paint Kamala Harris as a far extremist left wing. You gotta motivate your base. Uh, You want to win those independent, centrist voters over to your side and then um, yeah, I think the progressive left, well, like they're always sort of fighting a little bit with the more moderate wings that they are very hard to please, like I think a lot of times and um, they weren't happy either. So it was interesting for me kind of noticing like, oh, these things are conflicting, like the progressive Mm -hmm. wing doesn't seem happy but yet i'm seeing a lot of the right wing commentators saying that oh she's totally a radical progressive. So
0: right, no for sure.
1: Something's up.
0: Right, which is exactly what we wanted to do this show for was to find the these things where there's this disconnect and talk about it. Right. Right. So, so yeah, we'll
1: we'll kind of jump through Kamala Harris's history a little bit, um, sort of transition into her more uh, campaign era uh, uh, beliefs and sort of talk about how, how do we actually sit down and quantify where she is. Right. That'll be the goal. Yep. Yeah. Should
0: we? Cool. Jump yeah, into let's... it with some
1: basic facts about Kamala Harris.
0: Yeah. So Kamala was born in Oakland and so she's lived in Cali most of her life um, or all of her life probably. Um, she is a former AG of California. So she worked yep. for, yeah, in the AG's office. She was former AG and she was a San Francisco district attorney. Uh, both, she was an assistant DA and then she became the official DA of San Fran uh, and then has since been a senator in Calif- from California since 2016. Uh, gotcha. Which a lot of that has been her running for presidency and now, run- and now being running for vice president. Right. Um her mom is from British India and her dad is from Jamaica, so it's a kind of a cool she's got two different um
1: yeah,
0: ethnicity ethnic backgrounds which I think is really it's really interesting.
1: Yeah, both uh, uh, first for vice president not yeah. Khamenei, I think.
0: Yeah. yeah. Um something interesting she went to a historically black college. Uh, I don't have the name of it here but um yeah I thought I'd be was, able
1: to find that Howard University
0: yeah yeah I think that's right um and then she grew up going to both a black Baptist Church as well as a Hindu temple, uh kind of showing both of the different sides of her interesting um growing up years, and I thought that was really interesting yeah. i couldn't I didn't read much more about her uh, religious views, but I think yeah they're not very prevalent in her modern day, but I thought that was really interesting growing up
1: yeah I'd be interested um, to know like. What she actually believes, you know, it's it's really hard with politicians, right, no. yeah, because they all they always want to uh, make sure they seem religious or spiritual in some way,
0: mm-hmm.
1: um, and if you can somehow adhere to two religions, like why would you not check both of those boxes, <laughs> right? So, you so know, I think, yeah,
0: I remember reading an article. I was told in one of my poli side classes, poly sci classes, the only thing worse than having killed somebody. As a politician is being an atheist, so that's the only thing American people like less. <laughs> so, right, it's pretty seriously, crazy. oh my yeah. gosh,
1: yep, yeah, but yeah, I mean, sounds like she had quite the diverse background.
0: Yeah, um,
1: yeah. I had a quick question. I don't. Yeah. I should. I should definitely know more about this. But we say AG, Attorney General. How does that like? What does an Attorney General do? Um. Because I know it's r- related to law enforcement, um, but it's different than like chief of police. Like,
0: yeah, I think. It? I mean, it's basically this like person that serves as a legal advisor to the government. So it's it's kind of a cross between. It's like a high, high, super high level attorney, basically. I think. Got uh, it. And so you have like your
1: like state attorneys.
0: Right, they have DAs, this, district attorneys. Yep, they're responsible for a lot of the law enforcement, prosecution, responsible for legal practices in general, um, a lot So they of, don't
1: actually do but, legislation, but they are in charge of like enforcing it or arguing that, for it, right? Yes,
0: I think so, because I think they have... I mean, they have, I think they, they hold a lot of power to persuade, and so I think they they can champion different legislative processes.
1: Because I'm jumping a little bit ahead here, but I know that Kamala Harris has always personally said she's against the death death penalty. Right. But the death penalty was legal in California during her tenure as the district attorney uh, or this attorney general. And she fought to uphold that and like, you know, didn't didn't undermine it in ways that people who are not uh for the death penalty that made them upset because they're like oh my gosh you you personally don't believe this but you're also fighting for it and it's like this awkward position because she's she's not a legislator like
0: in this right. position
1: she's there to enforce the law and that's um kind of what her stance was which i i thought that was just like an interesting switch to go from attorney general to a uh, senator like there's definitely a different yeah
0: there's aspect. it's definitely a little a little different section but I think uh this is something we'll probably come back to we talked about this earlier but she is seems to be a very political animal in that she knows what to say to do the right thing or to get the right things done uh, and so I think a lot of, maybe her, some of her stance on death penalty was, was that, like, it would be, would have been, not bode well on her to try to abolish the death penalty in California. Mm. So she makes right. a stand saying that I'm not going to, that I, not for the death penalty, but not actually do anything about it, which is true right. of so many politicians.
1: So many politicians, sure. That's like politics 101. Yep. Okay. And we'll come well, back
0: to that, especially as she gets into her presidential Stint run
1: yeah and so uh something i think the last little background fact we're trying to like establish the facts uh is that she became a senator in 2016 yep um so she has not been a senator very long i mean four years
0: no looking at like her national track record at least there's not a lot i mean there's not a lot to look at um we'll definitely
1: right,
0: so, go ahead that a little bit but
1: yeah. Yes, yeah, so that was one of the first things we noticed as we started doing research was well, if our goal is to nail nail down where she is on this political spectrum, the first thing that kind of hit us both was, okay, well, she like really hasn't been a senator that
0: long, right, so if you look at something like Govtrack, which is specifically tracking the amount of bills and things signed and amount of like that's what it's using, so her her run as senator is what's gonna have to find her place on the GovTrack. Right. so i talked about this last week but that was one of the things that made us interested is that she is super she's the third most left leaning according to GovTrack. track um, in 2019
1: 2020 yes and then like there were previous years 2017 or 18 where she was like the furthest right um again and exactly so that was really that
0: something like bernie sanders is like the farthest left right now but obviously he's right. been on the senate for forever so it's like he has a right. much track record to be voting for these kinds of things as opposed of course, to yeah. been there very long. right
1: but yeah that was one of the first um kind of pieces of information that the right was pushing out like look right. at the scuff track i saw it circulating a lot of uh right-wing twitter stuff like that where it was like right uh yeah look more progressive than Bernie, more progressive than aoc like this woman's crazy and like which obviously a yeah. lot of that has to come down to she's only been there a few few days but we have to look into that and see like okay well what does that what does that mean
0: right um right is that sh- th- showing a trend or is that politicking yeah right so
1: right what were our big takeaways from looking a little bit further because i think even uh gov track founder or uh, the guy who runs GovTrack track was saying like this isn't like the perfect tool to find out everything about someone's beliefs. It's just based on what they've sponsored and what they've co-sponsored. Right. Um, So it's not going to catch all of the nuances.
0: Right. And I think this is kind of a point that I'll bring up now, but we'll probably come back to is she's a complicated person and like Mm -hmm. people are complicated people. And I think especially as you look at her background as a DA, like she is clear she doesn't easily fit into the boxes that we want her to fit in or at least not yet Um, right i think that makes her an interesting an interesting beast so
1: yeah Yeah, absolutely yeah so i found um this article from bbc i'm gonna go ahead and share it um it's a really good summary on basically little bullet points on each of the the big issues of today. All right, you can see it okay, Jared? Yes, perfect. Fantastic. So, like I said, this is uh, the BBC and it's gonna go through each, um, yeah, major topic and- Yeah, major topic's just
0: showing kind of where the BBC thinks she's at, so.
1: Right, yep. So it's it's just a good summary of where she stood in the past. yeah, so police and race, we'll get a, a little bit into this later, um, talking about why the progressive ring, uh, wing was so, so uh, hard on her, especially- Right, in I think
0: this is their this is their main sticking points. So I won't for
1: sure. stick too much to this. You can see it's a bit long. I'm not gonna read all of it, but basically she did, uh, longer than she's been a senator, right? She was working in the attorney general's office as the attorney general herself in California um, where she promised to be tough on on crime um, but she was a progressive she always described herself as a progressive prosecutor um, there were a lot of things that you can see even in the Senate where she's like uh, and attorney general where she's definitely like watching out for um, immigrants and uh, you know, different groups that might be more focused on by progressives. I know it's very vague, but.
0: Well, I, I This was something earlier I found in the main research is that, like, she quit being an assistant DA over this Proposition 21, which is this, right. which was this proposition basically allowing juveniles to be tried in higher court, something that progressive, you know, something that wouldn't, so it's this tough, this really tough stance on crime. as. Right if you're under 18 and she's like, you know, I can't support this. And so she actually quit over that. So she definitely has
1: yeah,
0: some progressive, some progressive stances for sure.
1: Yeah, absolutely.
0: Um, yeah. And I think we'll come back to this yeah,
1: kind of we'll idea. There's an, a bit more,
0: there's an article that I want to, I want to talk about when we come back to right. this. So there's,
1: yeah. But uh, health, so one thing that BBC notes is um, there's been a shifting opinion from Kamala Harris. So, yeah, which has been interesting. She, back before she probably knew she was running for uh, president in 2017, she was one of the first senators to sign the Medicare for all bill. Um, right. Which as we know is one of the biggest, if not the biggest progressive goals like if you look at the, the far left uh, Justice Democrat like more Bernie Sanders Democratic Socialist wing Medicare for all is the heavy hitter one of the first people to sign on to that however um, when she started campaigning she definitely backtracked on that and during the debates I think she was uh, not ready to go for a full Medicare for all instead um, She's more where Joe Biden is. It's like, we want to bolster the uh, Affordable Care Act, Obamacare. Yeah. What and, uh, I, yeah, one
0: ahead. of the things that kind of stuck out to me when I was reading about her and specifically her, I, I went on her website for this kind of thing for when she was running for president. And um, it was clearly, I don't think it's one of her big issues personally. Like, I think it's just something she hadn't thought about a lot when she decided to run for president. Uh, it it was very late in her campaign after her big like bump in the polls that yeah. she actually released her official plan if she was elected president what she would do and it was this weird combination it was more progressive than biden's but less progressive obviously than medicare for all right. um and it was kind of this figuring out it was like 10 years they would pay it back this giant issue which which means it wouldn't even be paid back in her presidency. And so it was just these kind of weird things that didn't really track, which it didn't really actually right. matter because that was kind of when she was dropping in the polls and then she dropped out eventually. Right. Um, so yeah, so it's definitely interesting to see.
1: Yeah, yeah. So I think part of partly like this can sort of explain where, okay, you can see how the right is gonna jump on this fact, you know, that she right. did sign off for Medicare for all. And then you're gonna see the left uh, get sort of upset that she waffled and came back and like this kind of goes to uh, almost like this rookie mistake in politics like if you waffle you you don't please both sides instead you make both of them mad
0: um, right especially in an era where everything's recorded and everything right. is talked about all the time of course so.
1: <laughs> yeah they'll hold on to these facts forever right right so I think she uh, did herself no favors but it's uh I mean, I know for a lot of the, it was a brutal um, cycle for the candidates for the democratic uh, presidential spot. And I'm sure a lot of their positions were just like, what's the way to get elected? Right. We to think a lot about electability. And you can tell with probably with Kamala Harris, uh, there wasn't, like you said, a lot of like historical thought. She probably didn't have strong opinions on this to begin with, so.
0: Right. Um, feels like a very political issue for her
1: yeah yep. climate change uh, important to know Ms Harris is a co-sponsor of the Green New Deal um, which obviously is a huge uh, progressive movement that's right uh, big big on Alexandra Ocasio-Cortez's list and again you can see like this is probably why the right wing is gonna she's gonna score on the political political gov track like far left. Um, things like this, co-sponsoring Medicare for All, co-sponsoring Green New Deal. Like those are not many senators were able to do stuff like that. Um, Right. That's definitely pretty far left.
0: Which it's interesting. And I don't know how much of that is her position in California being in a super blue state where she has the ability to do those kinds of things. Whereas people in more swing states or purple states have, they can't sign on the Green New Deal because they'll get roasted by their constituents. Um, right, and she's clearly not, or at least from my perspective, on either Green New Deal or Medicare for All, a leading member of those like drafting those bills. Um, she's a co-sponsor, but I don't know how much she's actually involved. So that's interesting as well.
1: Right, yeah, but overall, I mean, opposes fracking. Uh, right, is trying to get zero net emissions. Like this seems like pretty far, pretty progressives take on climate change. Again, I don't think the progressive movement has ever been upset with her on this issue. I think it's always been the cop cop stuff and um, probably Medicare for all. Gun control, I don't think it had anything hugely compelling here. Um, Just sort of regular democratic. Typical uh,
0: democratic regulations and yeah, yeah,
1: just tightening it, making guns a little bit harder to get. Yeah, uh, assault to,
0: rifles, pretty typical. Right,
1: get those loopholes down. Uh, one thing to note is, she said she was open to the idea of going even further and supporting a mandatory buyback, compelling owners of assault weapons to forfeit those guns. That's definitely a lot more um, progressive than your average Democrat. I remember like, this sort of came onto the. Seen um, early in the campaign for her, and yeah. better O'Rourke was one of the first ones to be like that famous, like "Hell yeah, we're coming for your ARs," and right, uh, sort of pitting himself as the super progressive there, which definitely <laughs> did not uh, work out with him. <laughs> I don't, yeah, I don't think that the Democrats wanted to head that way with their platform,
0: um, right? Which again, this is a very political statement. I'm open right. to, the, of course, I'm open to the idea yeah. of something super left so she can, she can get both, she can have her cake and eat it too, basically.
1: Right, exactly. There's a huge difference between I'm open to it and co-sponsoring a bill for it. Right. Um, yeah, because open, being open to it could, could literally mean um, in reality, I'm not going to do that or sign on to it, but I can't publicly tell you right. I'm not going to do that. So. That's uh that, that one's up in the air, but again, like these are the things that, uh, you know, the right wing can hang on to. And um, yeah, I mean, not being willing to shut that down is definitely a stance whether she wants it to be or not. Yeah. Um, yeah. Uh, women's rights. I don't know a whole lot about the takes on either of this. I think this is all pretty generic stuff. Six
0: month paid lead is interesting. Yeah. Can, so it's kind of like a proposal. I don't really know.
1: Right. She, I think this was on the debate stage where, yeah, she was saying six months and Elizabeth Warren and Bernie Sanders, who tended to be like the more progressive candidates, were only saying three months. Um, right. But uh, yeah, I don't think anything like really too crazy here. Sort of standard Democrat, more moderate you know um and then immigration um the only thing i don't know if it says it here um but she has gone on record and said you know i don't want to abolish ice
0: yeah so that was one of the most more interesting things as i was watching a music video the other day and it was just really dramatic and it ended with, you know, hashtag abolish ICE. And I'm just like, ah, just such a ignorant statement. And I think when she, I, I listened to her speak on this or a clip of it and it was just like, she's like, yeah, no, I think it's something necessary. It's part of our law enforcement. It's part of something that is needed to keep our borders safe, but she's also probably going to be typical uh, democratic stance of, you know, we, we need to have immigrants come in and not, not going to be the, right wing craziness that's right going on now. So
1: yeah. I mean I always wonder with the abolished ice. I mean it, it's kind of strikes me as like abolished police kind of thing where it's like the people saying it probably don't mean like instantly do away with all yeah, of it. It's, but it's true. But yeah, it's interesting to see how that would look. Like does that really does it mean abolished ice? Does that mean anyone can come anytime? Like there's no or does it does it just mean we have to do this in a different, like less militarized way? Or I don't know, I'm not really sure. Yeah. I don't think there's a structured like push behind that movement.
0: Um, no, I don't,
1: yeah, it's, yeah. Yeah, but yeah, she's definitely been critical of ICE. She wants reforms, something like that. But I, I would I would not chalk it up to anything too, too radically left or um, too progressively left or whatever. Yeah.
0: Um, yeah, okay, all right, think- so I'll go ahead and Kind of loops this us back around to uh, talking about her stances on as as a DA and kind of like her um, more stuff that the yeah. progressive has been issues with, right? Yeah, uh, we kind
1: of jumped over the cop section a bit.
0: Yeah, so let's circle back, <laughs> circle back around to that,
1: right?
0: Um, yeah do you have anything you specifically want to start with there's a couple options. yeah
1: i mean um i was probably going to talk about the video that i've watched so if you want to say oh, yeah. anything before that they'll go for it okay so um one youtube channel that i definitely tend to watch to get a, a kind of a good pulse on the progressive left the more um democratic socialist bernie supporting type. Uh, views is this channel called Secular Talk. Uh, it's hosted by Kyle Kalinsky. Um, we obviously have really different political views um, and I definitely like <laughs> disagree with most of what he says but a lot of times I really respect how he goes across his points. I think for the most part he has an ideology um, that he sticks to and He's not afraid to criticize the right, not afraid to criticize the left. He'll criticize Bernie Sanders when Bernie, he feels like Bernie's going about something poorly. He, he was really mad when Bernie came out and endorsed Joe Biden and things like that. So uh, it's those little, um, what's the word I'm looking for? Admissions and like that make me be like, okay, I feel like, He's not, right. You
0: may not agree with him, but he has a consistent worldview that it's hard right. to poke holes in his hypocrisy or his, you know, whatever.
1: Yeah, or or at least I can assume he actually believes what he's saying and right. he's not just trying to like spin it or um, whatever. Yeah. Right. And I think a lot of his beliefs line up with a lot of what I see on like left-wing Twitter and Alexandria Ocasio Cortez, like that sort of brand of uh, Democrat right now, but he had he had a lot of complaints. Um, I'll go ahead and just like share the the actual video. Um, I'm not gonna we're not gonna watch it, but um, uh, this is the the video I watched way back in January of 2019. He uh, had a video kind of going through Kamala Harris's record and. He had um, some pretty strong critiques on a few of her positions um, but her his biggest takeaway and I, I've sort of summarized them, uh, wrote, wrote them down here, um, that really worry him as a progressive and make him believe that there's no way she can really be uh, a progressive and is more of a moderate. So these are some of his complaints. Um, so like we said her some of the you know we've seen that she was a progressive attorney general like you said she quit over the proposition 21 she's always kind of pushed for uh your left-wing policing policies in a lot of ways but there were some ways that she definitely um enforced the status quo in policing which we know is very under fire and left so here are a few of the
0: right especially there. right now from the last few months
1: yeah um not being pro body camera there were uh, was a pretty serious uh debate and there were times where she did not sign on to mandating um body cameras right. uh she didn't used to be pro marijuana so she, right, which is
0: a big a much bigger issue now
1: yeah that's a big Progressive left, uh, we know Joe Biden is. I don't think he's pro federal legalization. No. Um, publicly. So, but of course, like Bernie Sanders, um, probably Elizabeth Warren. I'm not actually sure. Uh, are definitely legalizing weed, and part of it is, uh, I think, just because they believe there's a lot of uh, uh, people who are put into prison just for like they call nonviolent drug attempts, uh, drug arrests, and things like that. So that's like. A big no-no in the progressive wing um there's even this california three strike law where basically if you have three felonies that's an automatic prison for life which um is not a progressive uh statement at right, all really again these are that's harsh yeah 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 again these are kyle's complaints not mine but he's sort of one of my good ways of getting a pulse for what the far left believes right. um she has a history of siding with cops during wrong wrongful convictions um basically meaning he the way he phrased it and I, like was basically if the conviction is found out to be wrongful but there was like paperwork messed up or something like that she would tend to side with the cops and not um, well push for that
0: and i think it's interesting as a as a da and i i mean i don't know all of what goes into being right. a da but you're often this representative or when she was the attorney general like for law enforcement and for those kinds of things exactly so you have to be on that side so that's kind of an interesting complaint because like you yeah you know like
1: you have know. to you're a lawyer you have to argue your side kind right of thing
0: yeah exactly.
1: exactly exactly yep uh she defended the death penalty even though she was against it personally that's one of his complaints um she was a proponent of civil asset forfeiture so i'd never heard of this but basically um i'll have to look it up some more but the way he summarized it was um if police believe you have an intent to do uh uh, something like a crime or commit uh, some sort of crime with something you have it could be like a car a gun it could be money uh, like, if you have a lot of cash or something on you, if they're able to, if they think you're about to do something with it, they're allowed to seize it. Um, and he, the way he kind of backs up this, like, this is sort of guilty until proven innocent. Um, he said it's unconstitutional. So, like, again, this is, like, giving a lot of power to cops. Uh, right. And I know that a lot of progressive. And I've seen a lot of, um, back when the when she was a candidate against Joe Biden, I saw a lot of um, Black Americans taking a big issue with, you know, her tendency to, to be a cop, side with the cops. Yeah. And um, I mean, especially the way we've seen 2020 go, there's a lot of critiques coming on uh, police forces. And she has been sort of there fighting for police for most of her political career. Right. So that was big. A couple other small things he said, like she's not pro-Palestine, like that's obviously a big far left thing. Um, uh, sort of the right tends to side with Israel on a lot of the Middle East conflicts and the, the far left is sort of been pro-Palestine. Um, so Kamala has historically not sided with them. So. Yeah. Uh, yeah, so that's it. Uh, you can you should go watch his whole video if you want a more uh, progressive. Uh, he'll go into more details on that. But um, yeah, anything else to say on the?
0: On yeah, the I just wanted of... to mention this. Um, there's a USA Today article um, that mm-hmm. is from a written by a public defender that worked this. Uh, this. Yeah, this Lady Nikki has been working as a public defender for 20 years in San Francisco. And so she worked uh, a lot against um, Kamala because as a prosecutor, you know, she's the defender. Uh, but she yeah. wrote a really interesting article basically saying that she was one of the most, that Kamala was one of the most progressive prosecutors uh, in San Francisco or in California in general. Yeah. Um, and I just thought it was really interesting to read from somewhat a story from someone who had worked alongside her and knew or at least had worked against her. Um, and so, yeah, it's just a, it's a, a really good article and um, something that was definitely got to see that, that other side of her. Right. So, yeah, she was very like, I think a lot of the things aren't necessarily just progressive, but just good things. Like she was very strong on working against uh, sex trafficking and human trafficking in California um and she had like a lot of different her uh, um initiatives go statewide and then just stay in san francisco
1: yeah yeah go ahead go ahead
0: oh i just think i think those kind of things is what probably led her to become a senator because she was clearly a a mover and shaker
1: in california yeah absolutely what were you gonna say I just realized I missed two more of Kyle's points. Um, Oh, yeah. She was uh, pro-criminalizing truancy. And truancy is uh, like, if your kids miss school, the uh, parent can be charged with a crime. So that um, is definitely not a progressive take, especially these days. Um, And she was also anti-sex work legalization. And so that's definitely a progressive. um, There's a push for that in the progressive wing as well. So. yeah. So as we kind of step back and sort of take in all this information, it's hard, like you said, from the very beginning, one of the things we noticed, it's really hard to nail her down into like this nice box, right? Like, obviously right. there's more to politics than just a straight line and um, people have can be on one side on some issues and tend to side with others on the other. That's okay.
0: Right. And um, I think we, Are wanting as we want things to fit in our box. We want person to be easily on one side or easily on the other side. So we know where to talk about them or where to stand with them. Um, The reality is that's not the case. Even as politics may be moving that direction.
1: Yeah, Um, yeah, yeah. And I think the other big takeaway is like, like we said, she hasn't been a senator that long. A lot of it has been during the campaign, which right obviously you're going to shift a little bit especially as a politician well the decisions gonna, you make as a
0: senator reflect upon you and so they're going to reflect upon your campaign so right you know,
1: that's it's all tied up in yep. that. right like you might be willing to co-sponsor medicare for all but when it comes time to run for president you're like is this something that's going to get me elected right now i'm waffling on it a little bit waffling a little bit on green new deal like it's all very hard to nail down and like we said just hasn't been there very long so when i see all of these like right wing statements that she's incredibly progressive i'm definitely a little hesitant she definitely seemed like she cooled her jets a little bit when it came time to actually pick a side Um, on the other hand she's definitely been open to some of the furthest left yeah, i see like pro Medicare for all pro green new deal. I and mean, those are right, which I can
0: understand them um, understand them. Um, I can understand why conservatives are concerned with a track record like that.
1: Right. Yeah, sure. that's, I mean, that's definitely unprecedented for a presidential candidate it's um, to be for
0: Kind of something like that. A last but Yeah, antidote. I wanted to kind of end with or say at the end um, was yeah. I watched this Stephen Colbert clip. I don't know if you saw it when she was talking to him about she, he was asking her like why are you why did you flip-flop? You were one of the strongest proponents against Biden in the in the election and now you're, you know, obviously on his team and she endorsing him. Yeah. right? And she basically responded and laughed and just said, "Well, it was a debate. It was just a debate." And I think yeah. that shows her prosecutorial background like she is she will say what it takes to get the job done. Um, right. And that might just translate into how she runs politics. Um, I think that's kind of, that's a really illuminating point. So.
1: Yeah. Yeah, you're exactly right. That is definitely a bit telling in the sense of she's a politician. Right. She's a, and a lawyer. <laughs> like <Right. laughs> two of the historically butt of the joke professions. But, um, yep. yeah, so. Uh, But it was really good. It's good to sit down. It'll be interesting to see how she behaves going forward. Um, I think at this point, she's just going to be signed on to whatever Biden and his crew have uh, adopted. But yeah, if if she doesn't win, it'll be interesting to see where she goes as a senator and all
0: of that. Yeah, and also, I think as a vice president, you have the opportunity to have a lot of initiatives. Um, and to kind of do a lot of the things you want to do somewhere. Yeah, so I, if they win in November, it will be interesting to see what kind of things she chooses to yeah. pro- propose as a vice president. Absolutely, so be interesting.
1: you good. Uh, All right, uh, you got yeah, a and I think recommendation for us, or are you, oh, you going to
0: say. I was just gonna say, you know, I think at the end of the day, to encourage have conversations about her, right? Talk talk yep. to people, see what they think. Um, do a little research yourself. Get to know who she is, because um, yeah. who knows? She could be our next vice president. So
1: absolutely, absolutely.
0: But yes, I do have a fun recommendation. All right. uh, something that I have been reading and thinking about this past weekend and this past week uh, is this book called "The Ten Thousand Doors of January" uh, by Alex E. Haro. Oh. Um, And it's a little bit different from what I usually read. I usually read a lot of fantasy and this is, this is kind of similar, but basically it's about this girl in early 1900s and like 1905. And she, um, her dad travels the world, like looking for these archeological things or something. It's kind of unknown what he actually does. And she lives with this man who's kind of taken her and her dad under his wing Um, But as a little girl, she finds this door that leads to this ocean world or this other world, basically, and she becomes obsessed with this idea that there are doors to other worlds. But the reason I really like this book is what makes it more unique than just like a portal kind of fantasy story is it is gorgeously written, but it's basically an allegory for how stories work in our lives and the way stories take us as portals to other worlds they're the doors that lead huh. to other places and that's it's really just cool. beautifully well written and as a person who loves books and who loves a really well told story uh it's really connected with me uh in that sense so i definitely recommend it
1: nice cool so, dude thanks for sharing of course all right i think that's it
0: all right next week um, um we're not sure quite yet, but we'll, uh, yeah, we'll figure it out. We're for up sure. in the air
1: tossing some ideas. We'll let so, you know by the time we post this for sure.
0: Yeah, for sure. And um, hopefully we'll have a Facebook page up soon when this goes out. So please go like our Facebook page uh, so you can stay up. Yeah, we'll link that in the there. description. Our new episodes were <laughs> on Spotify. So that's exciting. Um, be sure to subscribe and follow on YouTube and follow on Spotify. Yeah. Thanks for listening, everyone.
1: Awesome. Thanks guys. Bye.